Hey, before we continue on with our adventure, I wanted to tell you about another exciting Glisten Plus podcast for the whole family I think you're going to love. It's called Boss Monster Adventures, based on the hit tabletop game Boss Monster by Brother Wise Games. Kid Croak, son of the most terrifying monster in the realm, must go on a quest to replace the magical crystal that powers his father's trap-filled castle. He's joined by his two best friends, Draculad, and a walking brain in a jar named Cerebella. And I thought I had strange traveling companions. With a mix of fantasy and classic video game references, I know you're not going to want to miss this. Okay, now back to our adventure. League of Wonder, a Glisten Plus production. Episode 4, The Beauty of London. Black Beauty's long mane fluttered in the sea breeze as he galloped swiftly along the cliffside path. I took a sniff from my perch in the saddlebag, my nostrils filled with a bouquet of scents. Wheat and barley from the neighboring fields, crisp seaweed on the rocky beach below, fried fish from a distant chip shop, and the moist air of a rain about to fall. We had been riding all day without stopping, and I could hear that Black Beauty's breaths were growing long and heavy. Perhaps we should rest for the night. Get some shut-eye and a good meal. I saw a nice inn just a short bit back. I'm still feeling strong. I leaned back in the saddlebag. Who was I to argue? Black Beauty proved himself true to his word. He kept up his speed many hours into the night, long after turning inland. We passed small castles and stone houses crowning the dark hills each barely visible in the moonlight. I struggled to keep my eyes open. The constant bouncing made it difficult, especially after being awake for as long as I had. I was determined, though, to keep alert in these new surroundings with this horse I had only just met. I stretched my eyelids wide open. I awoke many hours later to the light gray sky of morning and the clouds swirling like milk being poured into a mug of coffee. My bottom was still bouncing in the saddlebag. I didn't remember closing my eyes, but it was quite obvious that I had. It was a good thing, too, because I felt well-rested. Black Beauty was galloping down the dirt road, his speed seemingly undiminished. I had often heard that during strenuous exercise, which was something I was not terribly familiar with, you could catch a second wind, a breath of new energy to keep you going long after the point of exhaustion. It seemed Black Beauty must have already caught his second, third, and tenth wind by now. The swirling clouds in the distance were churning faster now. It looked like they were forming a tornado. Black Beauty! Do you see that? I was wondering when you would wake up. It's a tornado! And it's coming this way. We need to take shelter! There are few places that would be able to stand against the power of winds that strong. There must be a farmhouse or a stable made of stone. I've seen what these storms can do, and it's not pretty. Then we should turn around. Gallop as fast as you can. There's no way to outrun it, so we're going to charge right through it before it picks up too much strength. And you said taking shelter was a bad idea? The funnel of coal gray smoke looked plenty strong already. 
It was making a horrifying rumbling, like a thousand heavy couches being pulled across a hardwood floor at the same time. Black Beauty was galloping straight for its base. I ducked deep into the saddlebag as chunks of stone and grass were swept into the air. You're crazy! If Black Beauty replied, I couldn't hear it. I could no longer hear hoofbeats either. For a moment, I thought that Black Beauty was no longer on solid ground. Then, to my surprise, the horse came through on the other side, still galloping. I remained hidden in the saddlebag for another minute as the tornado tore across the countryside. Then it was gone. We're safe. You can come out from your saddlebag. I peered out again. Everything was calm. It had been another close call. I looked back to see the tornado in the distance tearing across the countryside. That was very brave of you. It's not brave if you're doing it simply to survive. I had little choice. I'm sorry if I put you in danger. The tornadoes don't know of fences or borders. They have struck Penzance and we'll hit it again. More hours had passed when I looked out beyond the pastures of green and greener to see a bank of fog rolling across the flat banks of a river. Through the mist, I could see a city was sleeping beside it. Chimneys and smokestacks belched out black puffs, which shrouded the tops of the tallest buildings, making them look like half-finished paintings. A road of dark brown mud twisted its way down through the city outskirts toward a gray stone bridge. Even from this distance, I could tell that the city looked like Paris's dirtier and scrappier cousin. It's London. Yes, that's London. The most magnificent city in the world. That's not how I remembered my brief time in London. It had been cold and rainy. I looked out again. The buildings were crammed together like trash in a two-stuffed garbage bin. If anything, the city seemed even more bland and dreary today. From this distance, it looks more like what the maid sweeps up in the dustbin. That's how everyone feels at first. But it won't be long until you never want to live anywhere else. As we made our way into the city, the mud road turned to cobblestone. I listened as Black Beauty's horseshoes clicked and clacked against the ground like rain on a tin roof. Street urchins no older than seven ran through the streets, picking pockets and artfully dodging the hands of coppers trying to nab them. Soon the Black Stallion slowed his gait to a gentle clop in order to cross the crowded London Bridge. His broad legs stepped carefully, so as not to crush the feet of the pedestrians that pushed and shoved their way along the granite overpass. No one seemed to notice or care that Black Beauty was without a human rider. Everyone was too busy minding their own business. We crossed the bridge over the Grey River. I would have been repulsed by its smell if the stench of unwashed clothes and sweaty armpits all around me hadn't overpowered it. And this was supposed to be the greatest city in the world? Wow. Does it always smell this bad? It sure does. And I've missed it so much. Black Beauty trotted past a soot-covered man who carried his daughter on his shoulders. The little girl, tired and sad, rested her head upon her papa's cap. 
The little girl looked up and spied me peering out of the saddlebag. Immediately, a huge smile crossed her face. You're so cute. I smiled back. It was heartwarming knowing that I could be back with Dorothy soon. Daddy, one day I want a dog just like the one riding that horse. A dog riding a horse? Well, don't you have a big imagination? I'm not making it up. Look, look, over there. The father didn't look up, though. He kept his head down as he moved through the busy and crowded street. The little girl waved at me one more time before she disappeared from view. Once Black Beauty reached the other side of the bridge, he picked up speed again, turning down a quieter avenue. Wrought iron lampposts glowed with glass flames in the morning gloom. Tall buildings of brick and stone surrounded fenced parks with lush grass and bronze sculptures. I called out to Black Beauty. We're looking for 221B Baker Street. Should we stop and ask for directions? I was a carriage horse. I could take you anywhere in this city with blinders on, and I'd get you there faster than any trolley or automobile. I looked on as Black Beauty made his way through a labyrinth of poorly marked roads. Just when it seemed as if we had surely gotten lost, the stallion turned down a familiar street. This is it. What did I tell you? Easy as shepherd's pie. Black Beauty came to a stop in front of the building with a pair of green doors side by side, one labeled 221A and the other 221B. I climbed out of the saddlebag and leaped to the ground five feet below with a thump. Thank you for taking me. Thank you for needing to be taken. I feel alive again. I'm going to see if I can find myself a carriage. <laughs> then I will go get Ginger and bring her back here as well. That sounds like a great idea. Farewell, Kim and good luck. With a neigh, Black Beauty rode off into the London fog. I spun around and raced for the door of 221B Baker Street. Dorothy, I'm back! I scratched frantically at the door as I yelped. Sherlock still hadn't answered. I thought maybe I wasn't barking loud enough. I raised my volume. Dorothy! Toby! Mr. Holmes! Hello? I waited a moment. They would come to the door soon enough. Still nothing. I charged the door and slammed it with my shoulder. Unfortunately, there was no response. Open up! It's me, Kip! Just then, I got a strong whiff of dog coming up behind me. I spun around to see a young Newfoundland who was about five times bigger than me. She practically stepped on top of me as she barreled forward being watched. Come with me, quickly. She threw an oversized paw over my shoulder and urged me toward the neighboring flat. I looked around. The street appeared to be completely empty. Watched? I don't see anyone. Shh. The Newfoundland eyed every dark corner of the street. She ducked as low as she could, but a big dog like her was hard to hide. She motioned into the alley with her head. I wasn't planning on following her lead. I backed away. I'm not going anywhere but inside this house. 221B Baker Street. The people who lived there are all gone. They cleared out two weeks ago. You must be confused. This is the house of Sherlock Holmes. It was the house of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes went missing while in Switzerland. He slipped off the side of a cliff and fell into a river. He hasn't been found yet. But if you ask me, I think he was pushed. And the little girl that had been staying here? 
Watson, Mrs. Hudson, and Toby left with her in the middle of the night to take her someplace safe. Where? Where did they take her? I don't know. The big dog spun to glance into the shadows while I nearly collapsed on the ground. Frightening thoughts were running dizzy circles in my head. Dorothy was gone. How could this be? I had come so far. And was she still in trouble? You're coming with me. What? No! The large dog opened her mouth and grabbed me by the scruff of my neck. She picked me up and carried me swiftly toward the alley. Put me down! Put me down! Put me down! Put me down! Once in the narrow alley, the large dog hurried toward the side entrance of 221A Baker Street as I kicked my paws. This is for your own good. I squirmed free, slipping out of her drool-soaked jaws. Come on! You'll be safe inside. From what? Them. I turned to see four and a half sets of eyes peering out from the darkness. One of the eyes I recognized immediately. It was a haunting shade of green. It was the eye that I had seen outside Dorothy's window on the night of the robbery. And I had a horrible feeling I was about to discover to whom it belonged. I spun around so fast I nearly caught my tail. I raced for the side entrance of 221A Baker Street with the Newfoundland leading the way. As we reached the closed door, I glanced back over my shoulder. Five vicious weasels in tailcoats, vests, and derby hats were running toward us. They were terrifying and also extremely well-dressed. One wore an eye patch. Her other eye was bright green. With not a second to spare, the Newfoundland twisted the knob with her mouth and opened the door. She pulled me into the ground floor landing. Before she could shut the door all the way again, one of the weasels dove halfway inside. A razor-sharp claw sliced at me, sharpened nails swishing through my dark fur. Had the weasel been one inch closer, I would have had one less ear. The weasel hissed through his gold-tipped teeth. You've got something that the king wants. The large Newfoundland slammed the door, squeezing the skinny carnivore so hard that his eyes bulged. The weasel swiped again, but couldn't reach me as I stumbled back into a vase of umbrellas. The large dog gave a mighty headbutt to the weasel's nose, knocking him back into the alley. Then she barreled into the door and bolted it shut with her snout. My name is Lulu Darling. We need to get you someplace safe. League of Wonder, starring Donovan Patton as Kip, Makoto M. as Lulu, Eric Peterson as Mr. Toad, Brian Stepanek as the Talking Cricket, Robbie Jarvis as Wit, Olive Epstein as Dorothy Gale, Santa Moses as Evelyn Gale, and Matthew McRae as Archie Gale. Written and directed by Adam J. Epstein, executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Christopher Sousa. Cover art by Alexander Garcia. Additional voices by Scott Pete, Daphne Bloomer, Michael Nering, Adam Epstein, and Suzanne Hesseloff. League of Wonder is a Glisten Plus production.